Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents to share their stories about raising special needs children. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and KDMD, and today we have the honor of bringing you a fellow Blog Squad member and another um, powerhouse mama, Kathy Radigan of the Special Needs Nest, and also my dishwasher is possessed. So welcome, Kathy, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So Kathy, could you introduce yourself for anyone who may not be following you yet and just sort of talk about your two platforms? Sure. Um, well, I have, um, I started blogging about 10 years ago with my dishwashers possessed. And at that point I had, was sharing our special needs story. And I was also sharing, you know, the challenges of mothering. I have three children. Elizabeth is our middle child. She has significant needs. And our two boys have more of what I call garden variety special needs because <laughs> I have them. I'm dyslexic. My oldest is dyslexic. My youngest has ADHD, as does my husband. And those were the things I expected at, in mothering. I completely expected children like that. My family is filled with people like that. It was very expected. I did not expect my daughter. My daughter has much more serious issues. She has a brain disorder that is under the umbrella of leukodystrophy, which encompasses some horrible ones. Right now hers is classified as static. So the damage in her, on her uh, white matter in her brain has not gotten worse. But it, you know, that in conjunction, whether that is why she has bipolar symptoms or if she has, you know, just doubly blessed, we're not sure, but she she's dealing with a lot. And so my dishwasher's possessed was a place for I, where I could kind of talk about all of that. And mm -hmm. uh, in October, I was taking a class and the woman doing the class said, you know, had I thought about just focusing on special needs and people had been talking about that forever with me because it's definitely my lane, but it was never where my biggest pieces, you know, my viral pieces, what people knew me from, um, was more of my motherhood stuff, not my special needs stuff. So I decided to break off and I, I kept my dishwashers possessed for my mothering and for teens and middle age and humor. And I went with um, my special needs nest just for dealing with, you know, the special needs aspect of our life. And it was the best thing I did as a writer and a blogger because I love it. I just, it gives me more freedom and I've always been contacted for my special needs work you know when people do a, a search or something they're looking for a special needs mom but this way I, i've been actually people have been contacting me more just you know on a personal level like for questions or just a little support and i've i've really been enjoying that so i enjoy it tremendously and i love doing work with the blog squad because it's so much fun <laughs> i told my husband i said um i follow kathy for my special needs nest you would follow Kathy for Dishwashers Possessed because <laughs> you two sort of share the same humor. So you two would, um, I'm like, that's your lane over there and I'll stay in this one over here. <laughs> I like having the, I really didn't want to just do special needs because I thought that would drive me crazy because I'm in it all the time. I do like having something and it is where I can, you know, be snarky. Although I do let a little of the snarkiness come out in the nest. <laughs> right. I think it's funny because Katie kind of ebbs back and forth between the two. So she's like right in the middle of both of your platforms, right? That's Katie? good. Yeah. <laughs> you need a little of that. I hate when Something. people say I'm sweet because I'm like, I'm really not. <laughs> Something for everyone. Right. So Kathy, you recently hit 10K um, on my dishwashers possessed, which in the Facebook world is huge um, for anyone else who blogs, you know. 
Um, and you share that your mission is to connect with other families of children with significant disabilities, especially those with older children. Yes. So that they know they're not alone. How has finding other parents of older children sort of helped you navigate this phase of life? Because there's so many of us with young children and I feel like you um, and a couple other ladies who have older children and also girls, it's more of a smaller pool of opinions. I couldn't have done it without people who were ahead of me when I, you know, when I had my daughter, I was always lucky to have people who were ahead of me in the process. And um, as I started writing, there were always people who were ahead of me. Now, you know, there's a bunch of us who came in around the same time and all our kids are now older. So there's kind of, you know, more camaraderie. Um, but I do feel there's, I've gotten messages from people who have kids in their 30s and their 40s and they never felt there was a place for them and they really enjoy the nest and that they're older, you know, that the topics are a little different and that there's just people that are getting it too. And I, I so appreciate that. I think it is important that, um, and I also think it's important for people with younger kids. You know, if you have a 12 year old or a five year old, you're going to grow up. <laughs> and yeah. it's nice to know what's happening. I really appreciated it that way. So, I well, and Katie and I both are like, we know puberty is coming for our boys. <laughs> yeah. And we are scared to death. Stock mm -hmm. up on deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. People say that. It's so true. Boys are so stinky. I, it, oh. I just, they are so stinky. And it starts, both my boys were a little slower in puberty, which is funny because Lizzie actually genetically was just, we had to use, had to go to an endocrinologist for years because her puberty was so sped up. And the boys are kind of on the slower side. So you know, everyone was complaining about their stinky boys. And I was like, okay, it hasn't hit us yet. And then it hits and you're like, oh my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they shower, it's really funny. But it's my both both my boys have really good sense of humor, so we've always handled it well. Well, if deodorant here is comparable to toothpaste, I'm not stocking up. I'm just buying like the the whole variety yes. because he'll pick one and wear only. That's yes, that is a challenge. You know, but that's a challenge. I mean, we you know we live in a in the realm with special needs, but that's a challenge even for kids whose kids aren't you know so much who aren't labeled or have mm -hmm. you know there are kids typical so-called typical kids i don't think anyone is typical but so-called typical kids who are the same way they'll only use one kind of deodorant or you know so i think it's sometimes when they start puberty it kind of as a parent you're almost on the same playing field as other parents for the first time because everyone's going through it so it's kind of fun that's amazing um and i never thought of it that way I love that. Yeah, the rooms are really stinky too. It doesn't matter how often you clean them, so just Ugh. be prepared. Lovely. Yeah. You lovely. <laughs> um, but I know about things like that, but I'm also very rigid in this is the deodorant I like, this yes. is the perfume I like. Like, I mean, there are so many, like you said, for the first time, it's like an even playing field where yeah. we like what we like and that's okay. It is. The same thing with food. I mean, my husband's always kidded me that I like a food and then I will wake up one day and say I'm never eating this again and my youngest does the same thing and my husband says that's my punishment but um <laughs> you know we all have our own things and yep. I think it's sometimes easy to feel so well it is easy to feel so separated from other people because some of the things you're dealing with are so crazy but there's also 
things that other kids do that, you know, that our kids do too. So I think if you can find a little connection, it's nice. So last night we went to Jackson's school carnival. Oh. He was so excited to see his aide and he ran up to her and he, you know, gave her a big squeeze and mm. we're talking to all the people and I'm like, oh my goodness, we're doing this. We're doing the damn thing. And then all of a sudden I'm talking to the one aide and she's like, oh, Jackson's peeing in the grass. I'm like, and there it was. <laughs> I thought we had it and we lost it. <laughs> okay. But I'll tell you one thing, Amanda, I was on a play date years ago with my friend whose child is completely, you know typical dead everything. <laughs> we were at a play date and he did that and she like was ready to kill him yeah. so i you know boys are weird <laughs> that's general. what my mom said yeah. my mom's like he's a boy I'm he's like, a boy i mean they do weird crap <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. he's yeah. probably a legend because of it that, that other boy yeah will be right. like oh that's so cool <laughs> yeah the aide's like nobody saw nobody saw like, I'm sure Sure. <laughs> How old is he? He's seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at, at seven and a half, that's a badge of, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Right. <laughs> well, he carries it well. That's, you know, at least, at least, at least once a year that seems to happen here. So, you know, it'll be yeah, okay. No. It, it will. Okay. And it's, it's hard to feel so different. It is. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I have a niece that's just six weeks um, older than my daughter. And so obviously, you know, there are huge differences between my niece and my daughter. And, you know, there were some times where I just kind of had to plug out because it was too hard, you know, especially if you're hearing somebody and, and listen, everyone's entitled to complain about parts of their life. But when my sister would complain about, you know, my niece, not, not getting a good grade, you know, like she got a B instead of an A, I'd have to like stifle myself because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> You know, I, you know, got three phone calls because, you know, Lizzie shred her clothes. I think, you know, a B right. will be okay. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing, you know, we, um, we get participation grades is what I call them. I mean, is he trying his best? Yes. Is there a ton of prompting? Yes. So it's a participation grade, even though they've graded it like a paper. So those types of things you're like, well, we don't really know what that B feels like to be completely honest. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. That's you very know. true. Well, everything has more weight to it too. You know, everything Lizzie does is just in, in a positive aspect or a negative, it has so much more charge. So, you know, if Lizzie says my name or Lizzie tells me, and it's funny because if you see her on video, you'll sometimes probably think I'm crazy when I have these stories of Lizzie telling me off, but she does. <laughs> and so when Lizzie says, you know, oh, go F yourself, you know, everyone in my family is like, it's a celebratory experience. You know, she told me once in front of my in-laws, go jump in the lake. And you would have thought my father-in-law and sister-in-law just won the lottery. They were so happy. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, Lizzie, she's doing so good, Kathy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she just told me to jump in a lake. <laughs> uh, Lizzie, so. must, Lizzie must be related to Katie's Jackson then. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm, I, I'm listening and I'm like, God, they must come from the same family because <laughs> we've had some things that have happened. And, you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of celebrate it. We, it's so different with us. Like we have three kiddos and, you know, our oldest son, Avery, you know, he got diagnosed nonverbal. And so when he started saying words, 
everybody like just they would stop eating like we would be in the middle of driving and the vehicle would you know go to the side of the road like because everybody just you know it was so amazing and then we just never thought we would hear words we were we were always told that words would never come and words wouldn't be part of his life um so then you know as he kind of Avery grew up he started you know um in in a very kind of mumbled uh sporadic but with a, always a foot stomp and throwing his arm <laughs> and telling me off and you know nobody really believed it till we were all together kind of as a family um we were at an event and he didn't just tell me off it was he told me off he told my husband off he <laughs> told grandma off like everybody it was like oprah like you got a car right. you got a car. <laughs> everybody was getting it so everybody you know there was a few people that were kind of like oh and then you know but rest of us were just like this is wonderful you know because it just we never thought it was going to happen now with our youngest son Jackson um he just recently got his paper signed and got diagnosed and the thing is with him like he can talk he Mm -hmm. he he has all the words and some would say he has too many words right (laughs) So we have this balance of having one child that has very limited words and then one child that has all the words. Both of them equally can tell everyone off. And then we have our daughter in the middle trying to micromanage and handle and, and filter out what the boys say. So the other day we were at the store and Avery was just having a really hard time and Natalie's like, Mom, are you getting are you getting frustrated? And I was like, No, it's fine. Like, we're just gonna get what we need and then we're gonna leave. And she's like, if you wanna pick a word from the bad word jar, I won't tell anyone that you said it. I'm like, I'm like, okay. And it was so funny. And we get out and get in the vehicle and go to leave. And I I literally turn around to make sure no one is behind me as I'm backing up, even though I have a backup camera in my vehicle <laughs> and look and Avery's naked in the oh matter. My God. And I'm just like, and of course I have every choice word to say. And oh. it was just, and Natalie's like, it's okay, mom, let it all out. You <laughs> the words. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like it's just this life, this life, you, that- you can't explain it. That's what I find is lonely, is those aspects of life. The aspects mm-hmm. where it's just so out of the realm of norm, you know, or, yeah. or what most people would think of as norm. Like the other day, Lizzie, I I call my youngest the informer because <laughs> he always tells everything. But he he was, um, they were both were in the living room doing their computers. And all of a sudden I hear mom, Lizzie's shredding her clothes. And I walk and she's shredded her clothes. And no one ever believed, like when I would say she shredded her clothes, my sister would be like, oh, I can, I can patch it. And I'm like, I don't think you're quite understanding what I mean when I yeah. say shred. So I, and it wasn't even her best work, but I put the piece of now fabric on my head and put it on Facebook. And I'm like, this is what I mean. And she uh-huh. shreds her clothes. Oh my gosh. We we are new to that with our oldest son, Avery. And I still to this day can't figure out why he's doing it. But you I tell you either. what, there so is. Fast. So well, fast. I just And the thing is, um, we had a girl come to our house 
to maybe try start working with either of the boys. And she was like, what are you doing? And of course I had like my ironing board out. I wasn't ironing anything, but I was literally inspecting Avery's pants and his shorts to see if there were strings. Like, is there a string somewhere in here that is a little bit loose and that's what he's doing and he's getting a hole and whatever. And I swear she thought I was crazy. Like this is her first interaction. And she sees this stack of pants and me like closely examining all of the pants. And I tell her like, he shreds his pants. Like he shreds them. And she's looking at me like I'm nuts. And sure enough, they went outside and and played and whatever. They were outside for like 15 minutes. And she's like, "Uh, he needs new pants. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I bet he does. So we're we're new to this, and he's actually wrecked um, like a pajama shirt, like yeah. quite a few things. And it's I just don't know why. I absolutely so I find that fascinating that you guys are going through the same because I thought we were the only ones in that in that lane because I just didn't even know it was a thing until we kind of now are fully in the thick of it, and I just refuse to buy him expensive pants now. Oh, I, we don't. We get everything from Old Navy for Elizabeth, and yeah. she also does it to shoes. Now she's been better. She's been much better. It happens, you know. It's possible. The psychiatrist said it's possible that it's you know part of the mania, or you know, there's an OCD part of it. She took apart a Kindle again. I had to take a picture of it. I don't mean she took apart a Kindle. I mean, <laughs> she. The first time it happened, she was like, the, the boys have always shared a room. So it was like the boys' room. So she calls her room the girls' room. So she's like, oh, there's a fire in the girls' room. Now Lizzie says things all the time. But I was happy to be talking to my son. I'm like, oh, could you pop your head in your sister's room to see what she's doing? And yes, there was a fire in Lizzie's room. Her oh. Kindle had, had, had gone. She had, it was in flames. So I quickly took water. I don't even know if that's what I was supposed to. It wasn't plugged in. And I got the fire out. Okay. So we're like, all right, she had broken the Kindle. It must have been a fluke thing. No. All right, six months later, now we're all home. I'm working with my son, my youngest son, who was in he was in high school. My oldest was home doing a college paper because you know his college was was um, everyone was on lockdown. My husband's working, and I hear my sister, my daughter comes in and goes, oh, "I'm so sorry, I broke Peter's Kindle," <laughs> and she hands us <laughs> a board. <laughs> oh. A burnt board. That's all I can, and I only know it's a board because my father was an engineer. <laughs> and I said, um, what, what happened? What did you do? And, and like Pete, my oldest son said something like, where is the glass? And she's like, well, I took, I took it and I, I got the fire out. And so Thomas is like, well, where's, where's the rest of the Kindle? She's like, well, it was in flames and I threw it out. Like we were morons. Like, of course you're going to throw it out. And I, I was like, just, I, but that's what she did. She, she knew what I did. So when it happened again, she was like, oh, all right, I guess she didn't say anything to us. She just took it, took it out and then wanted us to know she did it. Right. Jackson tells, Jackson tells on himself like that too. Like after he does it, he's like, um, I climbed the chair. I stole the remote. I'm like, well, you would have got away with it, but you just came and told on yourself. So now I have to yeah, well, all the things. She knows that there are some things that she's going to get nabbed for. Like she used to hide the shredded clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we've asked her not to do that. We, we said, we're not going to get mad at you. It's fine. You know, and so she'll just say, oh, I just so you know, well, I'm using more words than she does. But, you know, I hear I, I shredded these pajamas. Sometimes I don't understand it because it's things she really likes. But her her psychiatrist thinks it's more of like it, just an OCD thing where it's just something happens and then she just cannot stop until it right. is 
And she's good. I mean, when she started doing it at school, school was so freaked out and she goes to a school for kids with special needs. And, you know, Lizzie is by far not the one who has the most, you know, she's sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. So they've seen it all and they had never seen a kid shred their clothes that fast. Like they turned oh. around and her her pants were in shreds. And even on like special needs groups, I'd say like, does anyone have a kid who's shredding? And everyone would be like, oh no. <laughs> so I'm glad okay. you say that because she was, I yeah, I haven't heard too many shredders. Yeah. Mm-mm. And they're good. Yeah. <laughs> so Kathy- I mean, man, she shreds those dresses and stuff. It's amazing. It's, yeah. it's, it's a gift. They're all so quick, though. They're all so quick. Nothing they are so quick. You're right. Until you want them to move fast. You're right. Well, they're yeah. mine. I mean, they, they do. They, there is an amazing aspect to that mind, but they yeah. just work so fast. Yep. So, Kathy, Lizzie recently went back to school, I think, after 16 months or 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. We were Can on we- lockdown. Yeah. Can you talk about some tips and prep um, for parents who are preparing to do the same, um, either it be extended school year or come fall where they're finally getting to go back in person? I I mean, I think the one tip is expected to, to hurt more than you think it's going to, because right. I really thought um, I was going to like cheer the day because, you know, we had been together for 16 months and I was her teacher, you know, I mean, she had her teachers, but I was the one that had to get her on. I had to, you know, really force her and stuff like that. And it had changed our relationship in, in not the best ways toward the end. So I, I was like, this will be great. And I could not get over how upset I got when I put her on that bus. And when I started writing in her communication book, because all of a sudden, you know, she's been home and I didn't realize how that stress of her being out in the world without us gets to me. And I know she's in good hands. It's not like I don't, I know she's in good hands, but all of a sudden, you know, I'm terrified. You know, what if she doesn't, cause I haven't, you know, we don't know who's been working in the school. She's been in the home program. So, you know, are the aides gonna know her? You know, she's, yeah. is it gonna be okay? Are they gonna understand her? Are they gonna, and I was just, really nervous and when I put her on that bus I you know I did a a little live and I started to cry which I'm not a real crier and I could not get over how hard it was and how all those feelings that I guess I just pushed under came up um but I think anything you do to prepare yourself whenever it's new year you know you do your your communication book you introduce yourself you know all those things I'd forgotten that I did, you know, but I made sure I had my name and I made sure I wrote a note to the teacher and I made sure I, you know, had all the things in her bag and that we talked about. Um, But yeah, it's, I wish I had like set tips. I don't, I just don't. That's okay. I think communication, I think communication is so important and often that's left out because we want to know what they're doing at school, so we expect the teacher to communicate, but our communication back is also just as important. Oh, it's so important. I try to make friends with everybody. In fact, I have therapists who still you know, call that worked with her as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I try to really get to know people who work with my daughter, and you know, one, it's fabulous because you meet more people, but it's um, it's been helpful for her too, and I've always, um, I think that's really important. And I, and I've always been open to hearing everything about her, you know, the good and the bad. And, mm-hmm. um, also I do have a weird sense of humor. So some teachers kind of like that <laughs> <laughs> cause I'll laugh. I won't get overly upset. You know, I'll be like, oh, you know, 
or I'll, I'll say things that they've always found kind of funny. Like, you know, don't be too nice to my kid. <laughs> They'll take that and run with it. I say the same thing. I'm like, as soon as he sees a moment yeah. of weakness, it's yeah. game over, everybody. Game over. Yeah. Don't, don't, oh, no, don't be nice to her. <laughs> I used to say that in the preschool program, and these new parents would come in, and they'd be like, their eyes would be like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Were you nice to her? Oh, don't be nice to her. No, no, no. <laughs> no but, you know, my kids talk about, the, my boys talk about that, though. Like, my son, who's dyslexic, but he's going to be a senior in college, he's very bright. And both boys talk about the fact that what they can't, they'd have no problem if a teacher's tough or, you know, they've, what they can't stand is when teachers are like overly nice to them because of their issue. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, please, I'm just, a, you know, and I think Lizzie responds the same way. Like, just treat me like a person. Right. All weird things, but, you know, because if they see anything that, you know, Lizzie will exploit it. <laughs> yep. Jackson will too. Um, yeah. But I do always remind our team our in-home therapist most of all is um, you have to stop talking about him in front of him yes because um, a lot of times they think because Jackson isn't looking at them he's not listening and that's always one of my first year back to school things is if you need to discuss something walk out of the room because even if he's not looking at you he is listening I learned that the hard way when she was small. Um, I She had been having a meltdown and I said something to a friend about, you know, and she was like three and she was having a horrible meltdown and uh, it, it was in her preschool. And I said something about, I just, you know, don't think this is a lot worse than I thought this was going to be. I don't think she's ever going to go to college. And at that point, that was, you know, like my big thing. And um, years later, like about two or three years later, we were, she had changed kindergartens and she said, you know, oh, I had a good day. Can I go to college now? And I did not, it took me a minute to realize why she said that. And she was three and in the throes of like a huge meltdown. And I'm like, okay, see, you know, children right. are always listening. Yes. So yeah, I do. And I, but I do, I, I totally agree. You should never talk to kids as if they're not there. But I also disagree with some parents who feel like you have to whisper that what their child has. That, right. I, I don't agree with that. I feel like, you know, my kids know the boys and even Lizzie knows there's something different. So, I mean, you know, I'm not going to whisper, oh, Peter has, you know, ADHD. Right. <laughs> you know, Peter knows he has ADHD. You right. know, and, and as a kid who was dyslexic herself, I knew there was something wrong. You know, don't pretend it's not there. It's there. You know, right. just, just help me with it. So we'll, I'll talk about, we'll talk about the things we struggle with, but no, I, 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 I agree. You cannot talk about because it, it hurts. It hurts Elizabeth. It's, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm still here. I just don't always seem to be here. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and you know, we don't, we talk about autism in our home. Um, Jackson has never asked what that means or what that is. My four-year-old has yet to ask what that is, what that means. Uh, but I agree with you. It's not a secret here. It's just, we're not saying, wow, did he throw a holy fit? We're not saying right. that in front of him. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. No, yep. but I'm more likely to say, you know, Elizabeth had, you know, if we're talking about something, I'll say, you know, Lizzie, do you want to tell dad what happened? Oh, I, you know. <laughs> right. I find that fascinating, uh, Kathy, that you would say that. I had wrote something a little while back, like, oh, probably right when, um, kind of the world had shut down but I had wrote something about uh through the generations and that how I had to kind of teach our our you know extended family and then also our 
friends and everything um, that are different ages and and were born in very different different times. Um, how you talk about things, and I, I kind of as an example, I always find um, my grandma. I love her to pieces, but she is very much um, grew up in a different time of the world and how things were and how you talked about things and and just everything and. You know, I always find her, you know, when we're talking about something or she's telling, you know, a friend of hers something about my kids, she'll be like, oh, you know, Katie has a boy, Avery, and, and he has autism. Right. And like, she whispers that part, not because she's ashamed of him. Oh, no, no, no. She, you know, she doesn't, she just, she grew up in a different time. Anyways, I had wrote a piece about it and how I found, you know, it was so interesting how just how the world has changed how times have changed and how um not everyone but some people still you know um talk that way and, and she talks that way uh, about many topics right not not just my kids not just you know autism and i always you know kind of say to her and and we kind of joke about it back and forth and i'm like kate like just because you're old like you can't <laughs> say that to people or you can't you know, talk about that or, you know, the way these people are living their life, that's okay. Right. You can still sleep fine tonight. Right. Um, and, and it's so funny. And, and she says, you know, why am I the way I am? And right. I'm like, I have no idea, but I feel like we shouldn't even belong in the same family <laughs> because I am so open about everything. And, you know, I believe that you know parents that do have children that are you know newly diagnosed or going through the thick of it you know right now you know to to not be ashamed you know not be not be consumed i guess is what i want to say not be consumed by the label or the you know the iep or the don't be consumed by any of it and don't be a whisperer don't you know it's there's nothing wrong there's you're going to be okay but i just i find it so interesting that um even to this day there there is people that are the same age as us that have kiddos and and i find them when they're talking about their own child um you know will be like kind of steer away from what they're trying to say and i know what they're gonna say but they're just they're nervous and they they tend to whisper about it and it's it's so interesting. But. Well, there's also this thing that somehow you're going to hurt the child, and I agree with Amanda. Oh, if you say yeah. if you say out like that, then yes, and nobody wants to be talked like they're not there. But yeah. I there is an idea that somehow if you say something, and you know there have been times where Lizzie and I, people are staring at Elizabeth or something, and I'll I'll say you know I'll ask Lizzie a question or something, and I'll say oh you know you can talk to Lizzie, she's not going to bite. Mm-hmm. Lizzie, are you going to bite? And Lizzie will start laughing. You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I pull it in, but my father was very, oh, he used to have such, he would get so mad at me because I was, you know, talk too much. And I remember one time my my oldest had a lot of sensory issues when he was younger. And, you know, we of course went through all the evaluations and, um, and we were, I wanted to make sure he was in a, a typical preschool. I didn't want him to be, because at that time they were doing a lot of ABA and I just knew that was not the right thing for, for Thomas. I'm not saying it's not right for other people, just I knew it wasn't right for Tom. And so we had privately done it. And so he went to a private school and I was told not to say much. So that he, my father heard me talking to the teacher and I said, yes, he is getting speech. And yes, he does these things. And my father was like, why did you tell her? And I said, 
Well, she wanted to know why he was walking around the room five times. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, like it's not a secret. You know, it's 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 not a secret. And if you're in the world, it's not a secret. It's okay. Uh-huh. This is how I deal with it. And, you know, I probably at times maybe went too far with that. I don't know. The kids would have to, you know, uh, they'll put that in their tell-all books. But, um... <laughs> But I, I was not going to have the secret because I felt like mine was always a secret. Like, oh, Kathy, you know, I did a lot of stimming as a kid. I, my fingers wiggled. I talked to mannequins and it was always like, oh, Kathy does that. I'm like, okay, well, Kathy's right here. And I know I do it. Like, let's just, you know, it's not, it, you don't have to protect me. It is, yeah. you, and your kid knows when they're different. And I think to, to pretend they're not different drives me nuts it's like no they are different like there's a lot of people that are different but you know yeah it's it's yes you feel different because you are right mm-hmm. right you know and then you'll figure it out we'll totally figure it out nobody has a right to be mean to you but you know and i used to say this to my my little one my oldest uh is dysgraphic too and so you know kids would start making fun of his writing and i said um well you could i said wow that was that must have taken them a long time to figure out right and he looked at me and then he started to laugh because it was very obvious he did not write well and i said thomas if someone says that you can just say oh wow that must take me days to figure out that i can't write <laughs> and he started using it and people would laugh and he had a friend who was very short and tom said to him oh you should try what my mom told me to do and his friend did that he was like oh wow that must have taken you days to figure out i'm so short and <laughs> like it's it's there okay yeah i don't write well and i'm figuring it out but like i think then it's all of a sudden it's you're talking to people it's you know oh well okay it's not something to use against you and i think when we do that it's somehow you know our differences are used to shame us and by kind of admitting them and using them it's like no it's just who i am this is who i am i spell yep. wrong or i get lost or i don't write well yep so so kathy um looking back on receiving lizzie's diagnosis then and what you know now what is advice that you would give a parent who is in that moment of receiving a diagnosis Our diagnosis story is so weird because like I knew something was wrong with Lizzie when she was six weeks old and so it took us a really long time to figure it all out um, and there was not really we didn't have one cathartic day where someone said this is the way it is it was a lot of right. but we had gotten um, the MRI results when she was two mm-hmm. and that was a horrible day because I just well one at the time also because leukodystrophies can be fatal you know and they can um, they can become active at any time. So there was that too. I mean, it was a it was a big diagnosis. Um, I think, you know, I wrote a piece about that the day a bag of candy saved me. And it's because I got that diagnosis when it was around Easter time and the Thomas went to this really fancy preschool and all the parents were always like outdoing each other. So like the candy bag he got at Easter was like chock full of everything known to mankind. And I left it out there and I went, the two of them, he was, I guess, how old was he, four or five? And she was um, two. And I went to pick up the phone and not expecting it was going to be the neurologist. And he told us that she had this. And I, you know, I'm on the phone like for half an hour with him and other people. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that I have two kids in our sunroom. <laughs> Here's a huge bag of candy. And I walk out and of course they're covered, right? In chocolate and wrappers and, and, I was like, okay, well, they have to be bathed, they have to be fed. And that was like, okay, that's that's how I'm gonna get through this. 
like it doesn't matter that she has this diagnosis or, or what our life is going to look at. I have to clean the chocolate off of the kids. <laughs> I have to feed them. She's still, you know, they both need attention. They're both going to still need things. And so I think that's, you know, when you get the diagnosis, one, we just don't know when you, when a diagnosis, when a child gets a diagnosis at two or three or four, we don't really know. I can't tell you how many times I've had calls from people, you know, because their kid or their friend just got this diagnosis and they're crushed and they're, you know, envisioning all this stuff. And, you know, a lot of those kids are graduating college now. You know, yeah. you don't know. You just don't know at that age where you're going to be, be. So I think you just take one step at a time. And I think, you know, feed the kids, you know, make sure they have food, you know, right. make sure they're going to bed. Like your your day-to-day -day life has not changed just because someone has given you this diagnosis. And you will, you know, hopefully, you know, find out as much as you can, you know, but take a breath and it, it will, it will be okay. Whatever okay means. Yep. Yep. Okay. And, looks. Know, Okay, looks different for everybody. I'm okay, it's gonna right look now. okay, it's gonna look very different. And people in the in the beginning, you know, people wanted, you know, when something is really when you have a kid with a significant issue like the three of us have, you know, people want to believe it's just like you know, the autism they see on TV or their neighbor whose kid talks a lot, or you know, they don't want to believe that they know somebody or that somebody they love has a child who's really impacted. And I remember people would like say to me, but she's gonna be okay, right? <laughs> and I'd be like, well, it depends on what you mean by okay. Like, yeah, she's gonna be okay, but is she going to do the things that the boys, no, you know, no. Right. Right. <laughs> and I'm right. sorry, but no. And that was really hard. It was really hard for my mother to really see just how, um, how much we were dealing with. And, and it, you know, it was very difficult for my dad who's no longer living, but it was very hard for him. He, felt like it was, you know, his fault. Somehow he must have done something in life to cause me to have a child like this. <laughs> I was like, no, it just is the way it is. And, you know, and then Lizzie, your child will also show you the way, you know, mm -hmm. I, Lizzie has, I mean, there are gifts and things in all people. You just sometimes have to be more attuned to it in others. And you start realizing that. But when you first get the diagnosis, you're going to feel like crap. I mean, there's no yeah. other way around. <laughs> and I think the scary thing is you don't know, you know, you really don't know when you get that diagnosis, what it means. Um, because three and four year olds, two and three year olds, it's really hard to, to give a diagnosis of what, what's going to happen. You don't know. Well, and receiving our diagnosis at three didn't have rigid behavior and aggression. And okay. We were just, you know, Jackson didn't know how to play. Jackson didn't know how right. to talk. Now, mm -hmm. four to five years later, it's rigidity. It's aggression. Right. It's mm -hmm. I'm grieving the diagnosis all over yes. again. Yes. Because it's different. Yes. I think that's true. I think, yes, you're totally right. It is. Someone once told me, oh, well, you know, because I said something at stages of acceptance and someone said, well, that's not true. You either accept it or you don't. And I'm like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> there are stages because you don't know. Like I was nervous when my son started exhibiting stuff like, you know, was I going to be able to you know, handle this, was he going to be able to do the things, you know, I wanted him to do or he wanted to do. And because I was able to do that with him, you know, I got him the right help. He, you know, did beautifully. I was very, you know, pompous with Elizabeth, like, oh, I will, you know, I will get this, you know, I will yeah. figure this out. This will be no problem. 
And it, it, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> um, and it is little things. It's it's little things of like, oh, it was like, you know, wow, this is this is really serious. This isn't going to just go away. Um, right. She's not going to be like Thomas. She's not going to be like um, Peter. So, yeah, it is. It is a different. It is. It's a hard road. It really is. It's a very hard road. It doesn't mean there's no beauty there or, you know, but, and I think also, you know, veils get taken off of you. You know, like I didn't know how horrible miscarriage was until I had five. Right. right. <laughs> you know, and then you're like, oh yeah, that sucks. Um, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, having a child who has, you know, um, something like autism or some sort of brain disorder or a medical condition because we've also been there too you're like the veil is taken off and so all of a sudden little problems or things that seem so big at one time are just little they're like yeah. all right well that's easy because i just did this so you, you just well, see more i think for us you know we oh you know i shouldn't speak for my husband but for me personally i think for you know a very long time I think that you know our only hard in our life was going to be Avery that was yeah. that was the only hurdle that was the only hard we were going to experience he was the one in my head you know um we had got his papers he was diagnosed on the severe end of the spectrum he was right. nonverbal. he was lacking fine motor he was lacking all of these things and in my head even though I know hundreds of families that have kids on the spectrum and and i've seen so many things i thought there's no way that we're gonna have a kid that is harder or that that is you know um more severe or worse or whatever you want to say there's no way so then when we had jackson you know from the age of two years old to him being five right now I, and you know, I can say this because I'm mom, but I would take 10 Avery's over one, one Jackson on his worst day. You love um, to challenge the universe, don't you? Oh God. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, and that's the thing. And we, we saw it because Jackson just had finally got, you know, his paper signed and all of that. And we're really, you know, happy about that. But we had to put him through the system um, multiple times. And we had went back with the psychologist and um, our occupational therapist and our uh, physio. And, you know, we were looking at things and it was so crazy how Jackson actually, uh, you know, they had used the word evolved to be more severe. Yep. They were seeing more severe things now than they okay. ever did when he was two. Oh, wow. Um, but and that was, that was that was horrible for yeah. me to see because I had this idea that we couldn't get any harder. Like right. th this was it, and it was Avery, the the child that had you know no words, the child that had no um, gross motor, fine motor, all the things like, and only eats you know eight foods. Right. Um, that was it, you know, and to then have now Jackson and them prep us. Um, that's kind of what we're going through right now. And them saying that, you know, where he, where he's charted and everything else, like that he is going to be harder, Katie, he's going to be harder. He is going to be your more severe child. Mm. And I'm looking, Oh God, what, what is happening? Like, because we didn't, we didn't see that. And, and partially it's because he can talk and, yeah. and you know, just there's, there's parts of it. And you think like, can it get any harder? And with Daxon, 
it has added a new type of level of hard to our life. And we have so many people that are friends and family members saying that question, like, well, is he going to be okay? Well, yeah, he is going to be okay. But this, this life is hard. And they're like, well, what part is hard? And then you, and they're just like, well, but Avery, you know, but Avery can't, you know, Avery can't drink from a cup and well, that's hard too. I'm just saying that today is hard. This, this life sucks today. Just let me stay in the the heart of it for today. Maybe right. tomorrow will come out of it and everything will be okay. The kids will be okay. I'll be okay. But for right now, this is just not great. This is not great. We're not living our best life. We're not no. we're not thriving in any shape or form. We're we're surviving. And I just want you to understand that this is what's happening. So, you know, Jackson, um, I feel like Avery was our warm-up. I, yeah. I had started writing something um, last week that I think Avery was our warm-up to this life. He yeah. got us prepped to right. as much as we could be to be ready for whatever life um, looks like with Jackson in the picture yeah. because he is our child that, um, you know, isn't 24, you know, is more than 24-hour, you know, supervision, mm. seven days a week. He is, you know, we need multiple people working with him. We need um, our our house more than locked down. We need our house sealed and and our cupboards, you know, empty. And if there is something in it, you know, you better hope it's not glass. Like right. it's it is hard. It is a hard, hard life. So anytime I hear another mom say that you know they were going through the hard and someone diminished it and was like well it can't be that bad you don't know you have no idea they don't know they don't know and they won't know until you know there have been times where like my mother would see it and it would be like oh right (laughs) that's what they're talking about yes that's what you know like you know lizzie went through a phase of about two three years where she screamed every night and I could not get anybody to listen. And I think some of it's because I am kind of funny and I, you know, the way I describe things. And it wasn't until she, we were at a sleep, we weren't at a sleep study, she was at an EEG, they were checking for seizures. And um, the nurse, it, and it was kind of, it was kind of like a, a weird behavior seizure. Like it would just come. She, it was like between, it was kind of like between sleep and non-sleep. And she would like, she would be perfect the whole day. And then she, in the hospital, she's doing this screaming and screaming and, and then she would just stop, I mean, on a dime, just stop and fall asleep. And so the nurse is I'm watching me and she's coming in to try to help me. And she's, Lizzie is screaming and then we were um, at the bed by the window. So she had to go through, you know, the other bed and the curtain. And as Lizzie, as that was happening, Lizzie stopped in that, like she went from like, to, and she was out cold. And the nurse goes to me, Mrs. Radigan. Did you do anything to make her stop? Uh, <laughs> I started to laugh. I'm like, no, but I completely understand why you think that. And she looked at me like, this is what you, I said, yeah. I said, but I've, I've been telling people that. And she's like, yeah, they're not, they're not understanding. Right. Well, we're going through that right now with behavior therapy. They're like, well, what is your biggest hurdle? I'm like, I'm a hostage negotiator 24 hours a day. That's my hurdle because mm-hmm. I can't leave the room, right. stop looking at him, go pee by myself. Right. 
everything is a negotiation and everything is what can I get? What can uh, I get for doing this? I'm like, it's exhausting and no one should have to live like this. That is, that is exhausting. I, I yeah. think it is hard. I think, I mean, beyond hard. I think, and you, people don't, they just don't get it. You, they, Why? you just don't get it. No, and our kids don't sleep. I'm like, by 10 o'clock in the morning, we've had a full day in and I'm at right. max level and I still have 12 hours to go, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So Kathy, um, can you tell everybody where they can follow you one more yes. time? You can follow so me at on Facebook at the Special Needs Nest, or if you want to laugh a little more, um, my dishwasher's possessed, and I'm on Facebook on both of those. And I'm on you could also follow me just like so Kathy Radigan. I'm on Twitter that way and I'm on Instagram that way. Awesome. Well, my kids just busted through the door, so okay. it's about to not be quiet here anymore. <laughs> thank you so much. I had so much fun talking to you. It was so nice. Yeah. So um, thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you so much, Katie. And until next week, everyone, we will talk to you again soon.